Thank you, Lynette. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> what a day. What a day to celebrate this, this morning, um, really, in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I, I should spend the, the whole week trying to uh, meditate on the, on, the, on the words, pray, wait, waited on the Lord. And the only thing I can come up with, and really the Lord is really impressing in my heart this morning, is just to, just to celebrate what he's done really to celebrate this morning um i have a few words to share and also after um a few words for people here in the service to share i felt really to prophesy this morning to some of us some word that i received over the the weekend and i was praying and fasting and and waiting on the lord so i will take this liberty to 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 prophesy on people and and just want to invite the holy spirit to really come uh, into this place this morning you know coming here to to share the word we can't do it unless jesus is with us so i want us to open up in prayer if you can raise your hand in agreement with me as i pray and invite him to come father we just want to thank you this morning for the opportunity to be in your presence all together as one body lord i pray this morning as i share your word father that you will anoint my lips to speak your word and your word only today as we celebrate your resurrection and we celebrate the work that you have done on the cross giving us the opportunity to our fellowship with you giving us the opportunity to come to your presence be called son and daughters of the living god father we thank you so so much in the name of jesus we pray, Lord, as we, we share, you will reveal to us your words in this season for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Again, it's a lovely to uh, have you with us this morning. Thank you so much. Um, a wonderful time of worship uh, with Melanie and, and a wonderful time of communion also with Marcia. And as the echoing, today is Easter, you know, and uh I know for most of the people in the world, Easter is a break, a celebration when you can take a bit of a rest. Even so, for a lot of us, we've been having too much rest because of the uh, lockdown that we've been in. But so on, it is a break for many. For others, it is uh, eating chocolate, Easter eggs. As a matter of fact, every time I've been to the to the shop, to the supermarket, um, I've seen you know so many Easter eggs. Uh, everywhere on the shelves and even yesterday as my boys and I were out we, we were seeing people still rushing out to uh, collect the last Easter's eggs so they can have a nice meal today but for us as believers this is much more than eating chocolate or just uh, having a good lying on the Sunday morning this is really us celebrating what Jesus has done um, for us on the cross as well and I want us to really reflect on on this today and as I share as as, as I bring the word as well um, I may stop in the middle you know there's no order for me I just go as the Holy Spirit lead me and if I fail to go and profess on someone then I will take this liberty to do so I will also want to ask you 
you know, feel free if you want to, to have your camera on as well as I share, uh, you know, this now here, you can have your camera on if you want to. So I want us to turn to our, our first portion of scripture, and I'm going to uh, take my Bible with me as well in the book of John chapter 20, and I'm going to read it from verse 1 to 20 as well. So if you can turn our Bible, um, the book of John chapter 20 and verse 1 to 20. So John 20 says this from verse 1 to 20. Now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stood stooping down and looking in and saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there and a hand, an, um, handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciples who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own home. Amen. This is a very interesting uh, portion of scripture here. And, and, you know, in the olden times, in the Bible, the olden times, when you wanted a fine piece of furniture to be made, first of all, you would pick someone, an expert, someone who have a reputation, you know. And it's the same thing. If you want something to be done, you know, you will go to the best person for it. And that's in those olden time to make a fine piece of furniture, whether it was a, a, a table or, or chairs and so on, they would go to someone who has a reputation to make good chairs and good tables. And... Uh, when these carpenters had finished their job, there was a custom that they were doing. They will um, took off their apron and they will fold it. They will fold it and set it up on their finished work. And that would signify for them that the job was completed. And it's a very interesting, as we look at this portion of scripture in John 20, from um, verse um, 6, onward he says then simon peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloth lying there so the linen that was covering jesus during the time when he was dead were just lying there but then he said the handkerchief the handkerchief that had been around his head was folded and it was placed it was placed in the place when jesus lied so 
What is quite interesting about this portion of scripture was the fact that Jesus came out of the tomb, take his handkerchief from his head and folded it and placed it on the stone as the carpenter will do when the job was completed. Jesus was already signifying that it is finished. And very interestingly, when we look in John 3, 15 and 16, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And everybody really know this scripture very well. But when we look in verse 17, it says this, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What we're celebrating today is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of him, we have now a word that have the ability to be saved. When you come to Jesus, when you say to Jesus, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I recognize that you died for my sin. Jesus, I, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. What you actually doing, you are declaring the love, death, and the law resurrection, which is the significance of you being partner of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of God. So you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God through simply believing the cross, the work that Jesus has done on the cross. I was uh, talking to my next door neighbor about a few weeks ago and she's, not, but she, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's very nice and, and, and very chatty. And one of the things that she was saying to me, she was talking about life and situation and I was asking my spirit, Lord, I can actually speak to her. And as she was sharing, she mentioned something very interesting. She said, I'm going to heaven, you know, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Do you know the amount of people who believe that today they are going to heaven because they are good people? You know, when we look at it, it is said in America that 80% of people believe that they're going to heaven because they are good people. It is astonishing. But the truth is, God says again, what he said, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The world needed a savior and Jesus was the only answer to the world to be saved. When we looked in Genesis chapter verse 3 to 15, for example, when we understand the fall of man, Adam and Eve were created by God and they were living in, in, in a garden. They had everything at their disposal. They have everything. They have the blessing of God. They have the provision of God. They have the protection of God. And most importantly, they were not dying. It was a perfect environment for Adam and Eve. And God, when he placed them in the Garden of Eden, he asked them to be fruitful and to multiply. So there was blessing associated to them be created. There was tremendous protection associated to be created. But most importantly, there was a relationship and a fellowship with God the Father. 
The Bible speaks that God used to come in the cooling of the day in the evening to go have a fellowship with Adam and Eve. You know, discuss with them about their day, how they've been. But when they broke that, when they sinned, which means that when they disobeyed God because they ate the fruit that was forbidden for them to eat, they broke that relationship with him. And by breaking that relationship, they also broke that protection that they had. They broke that provision that they had. They broke everything. Everything was broken. Everything was handed over to the enemy. Everything that God has given them was not given to the enemy. Every protection that God has placed upon them, every provision that God has placed upon them was not taken away because of sin of man. But God had a great plan. He had a wonderful plan. And that plan was a plan of redemption through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible said, John 3, 15 here, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. What took place in Calvary was God bruising the head of the enemy by allowing Jesus, his only begotten son, to be the ultimate sacrifice so you and I can have eternal life. So as you see, as Jesus folded his uh, handkerchief on the stone, he was saying it is finished. As a matter of fact, when we look at the next scripture here in John 19, 28 to 30, he says this, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I first. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on an isop and put it in his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. That word finish is very, very significant in that sense. When Jesus breathed his last word before he died, he said, it is finished. What we need to understand here, it was not finished that is dead. He, what he was saying, he said, it's finished because the work that has begun in Genesis 3.15, when God promised a savior to the whole world, was now fulfilled by the time Jesus died on the cross. So from all the way to Genesis, to the New Testament, to the book of Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke, where we see the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection, that the work that has begun has now been finished and completed. That is so wonderful. And as I was meditating on these words, I was thinking, what a wonderful testimony here. The Lord Jesus Christ has gave up his life for us and not only gave up his life, he resurrected. The interesting thing that the Lord reminded me is that prior to his resurrection, he also resurrected Lazarus. And now what happened with Lazarus was very key here. Lazarus was a very, very good friend of Jesus. As a matter of fact, they were like brothers in that sense. When Lazarus passed away and uh, People came to tell Jesus of Lazarus passed away. Jesus was in pain. He was crying. And 
you know, when we lose someone in our life, the first thing that we are doing, we are going to see our loved ones and the person and just, you know, give our condolences or we give a call or so on. But Jesus waiting, the Bible said that Jesus waiting days before he went on his journey. And as he went on his journey and he went inside of the tomb, he resurrected Lazarus. So people experienced the power of resurrection for Jesus, what he was doing. But then when Jesus resurrected himself, they understood that Jesus was resurrected. They didn't know the scripture, but they understood he was resurrected as he placed his uh, handkerchief on the stone. People understood that. Now, there's something that I wanted to, to, to mention in terms of uh, custom. When this handkerchief was placed on the stone and when Jesus said, on the, on, on, as he was crucified, it is finished. You know, for every Jewish person in those days, they will recognize this word. Because the word translated in Hebrew is the word called um, testatia. And that word meant basically it is finished. And what is interesting is that each year, in the Old Testament, in a Jewish tradition, when they were actually doing uh, the sacrificial, every year they would go and sacrifice their lamb, which was the Day of Atonement. As soon as the priest has killed the, the animals, he would come out of this place of sacrifice and he would declare to the, to the, to the, to the people, it is finished. He would use the word, it is finished, in the Hebrew world. So people really understand that what Jesus was killed has been the ultimate sacrifice. That was here. He said it was finished. But when he said it is finished, he wasn't saying it is finished and have to do it again. He said it is finished mean there was no more sacrifice needed because Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross was the ultimate and the only sacrifice required at the instance. Hebrew 9, 11 and 9, 12 and 26 says this. Not with the blood of goat and calves, but with his own blood in enter the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And then would have had suffered often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus bought us with his blood. He paid the ultimate sacrifice so you and I today will have eternal life. You and I today will have every sin washed away. So the representation of us saying, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I recognize that you have died for my sin on the cross. This is very significant. When Jesus died, it took every sin of the world away. It doesn't matter where you are from. It doesn't matter what your religion you are. It doesn't matter what you've been practicing before. It doesn't matter why you've been a criminal in the days or you've been somebody in the days. By the time you said yes to Jesus because of the word is done on the cross, Every sin that you have committed is forgiven. As a matter of fact, I would even say that every sin that you have 
committed in the past. When God sees you, he sees Jesus because his blood covers all sins. It was a very interesting because I remember in my old days when I wasn't a Christian, a young, late teenagers, um, early young adults, I had a very interesting life. I used to love partying. I used to love going to clubs. I used to love drinking with my mates. I used to love smoking with my mates. I used to love doing all sorts of nonsense because we've got children in a mist. I'm not going to say more, but what I'm trying to say is my life was exceptionally different. And uh, I used to leave, uh, I used to share a house with uh, some of my guys I used to do stuff with. And uh, when I gave my life to Jesus, I clearly remember what happened. Something happened to me. I could not put finger to it. I could not understand, but something happened to me. I received the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. About that moment, my life was completely transformed. I came back the day after to my flat. And for some reason, I could not laugh at the jokes. I was finding myself cringing when I was swearing. When they were talking about all sorts of nonsense, I would just retreat to my room and I would ask you the question. All I wanted, I wanted God. I wanted him more and more and more and more and more and more because I realized I wretch I was. I realized how sinful I was. I realized how I needed him. And I understood that he actually died for me and he resurrected. And that life for me was different. Two, three weeks later, they were telling me, I don't know who you are anymore. I don't recognize you anymore. What happened to you? They thought that that would be a little phase coming, you know, two, three days, I would come back to my old ways. But what God did, he washed every sins away from me. And I understood that. And I received that. And I want you this morning, if you are not giving your life to Jesus and you are thinking about giving your life to Jesus, receive it. Because the work that he has done on the cross, he's done it for everyone. Everyone. I, I heard so many countless testimonies of people, people that were gang dealers in those days. And when they received Christ, there was a complete transformation that to the point that now they are evangelizing to the people that they were accustomed to, to bring them back to the kingdom of God. God has brought tremendous redemption. There's something particular about the blood of Jesus. I want to tell you something, another story. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's one thing that he does. His blood has the power to protect you from evil attacks of the devil. I'm telling you. His protection upon you, his covering upon you is there. That was four years ago. The Lord asked me to show you this picture. That was four years ago. I was uh, driving. I wasn't driving. I was in a passenger seat. And um, the person next to me was driving. And he, he, has, he was reckless. I was going to pick up another car. And he was being reckless. He had this 
car, this this very expensive, fast car, um, you know, convertible car, and it was showing off. As he was taking me to pick up uh, another car, he was showing off, and I was in that I was in a car, and I, and I was sweating, I was sweating, because he was he was reckless. When I say was reckless, he was extremely reckless. And as he was driving through through London, and we're going through North London, thing, I was praying in the spirit. I was praying and I was asking God protect me. I was praying for the blood of Jesus because I knew something wasn't right. And I knew my wife for some reason this morning, that morning was also praying. And as we drove through, it was a red light. It was, it was light in front of us and the light was green at the time. And because he had a fast car, he was so confident about his car that he thought that he would beat that green light. As he was pushing on the accelerator, the light become amber and then become red. But because he was so fast, he couldn't break, he decided to pass that red light. Now, what we need to understand is that on the left side, there was a bus that was waiting to turn. So we couldn't see on the other side if there was another car, but he didn't care. He didn't care that I was in a car. He didn't care as far as I was concerned. That car was fast enough and he placed his confidence in the car. As we passed that red light, a Volvo just come out. The Volvo began to turn in that sense because they were in the green. So they began to turn and we smashed right into it. At a moment, my thought process were, baby, I love you. I'm going to Jesus. That was my thought process because I knew that I was, I was finished, literally finished. The car spin, the car hits, the car spin, and all I can hear, it was nothing. It was like a buzzing sound in my ear, and uh, I, felt, I felt the shock. I felt tremendous shock. But for some reason, for some reason, that only can understand to do with the protection of our Lord Jesus Christ. My body, my legs, my whole body didn't move from the seat. As a matter of fact, I was standing, I didn't move at all. My body was, was just there. Five minutes, two minutes later, the ambulance came and everybody came. And I was still, didn't understand what was going on. And I was checking my legs. I was checking my body and everything seemed okay. And I said, thank you, Jesus. All I was saying is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, so much. And people was asking, are you okay? Are you okay? And they were asking me to say, they were checking me out. When I came out of the car, I was shaking. My legs were completely shaking because I did not realize that at the time what was being taking place. But when I looked at this car right now, and I was looking at those pictures yesterday, the Lord asked me, just look at those pictures. I realized God's protection upon me. The Bible said in Psalm 91, 1, he that dwell in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brought protection upon us, a covering. Remember that covering that was lost in the Garden of Eden. Jesus recovered everything, which means that you are covered by the blood of Jesus. You are covered because of the work that is done on the cross. Whatever happened to you in your life circumstances, always remember God's protection upon you. Always remember God's protection upon you.
The Bible said in 1 Peter 1, 18, 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your endless conduct received tradition from your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as of lamb without blemish and without spot. God redeemed us. He redeemed us in that sense. When the people of Israel were to be led out of Egypt, God showed them that he was going to kill every firstborn. Every firstborn. He was going to bring his latest plague. Remember, Egypt was had major plagues in that sense. Pharaoh didn't want to let the people of God go. So God released different plagues into the country. But that was to be the ultimate plague that was going to be released. And he did so tell them that every firstborn would die, would die unless, unless they put blood on the doors. So what happened is, when we look in the scripture, God asked the people to put a sign, on the, a sign of blood of the lamb on the door. He was to put it on the side of the door. And they were to put it everywhere. So when the spirit of the Lord would pass through and see the blood on the door, it will pass through it without touching them. The Bible says in Exodus 12, 12, 13, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on you on the houses where you are. And when I see that the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. What we've seen, we've seen the plague pass through Egypt. And because of the blood that was on the doors, they were spared from this. And what Jesus, what God was doing, he was pointing out again to the resurrect, to the death, sacrifice, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but like I said, this celebration of Easter is much more than just reflecting on what we have been and what God has done. It's so much more to it. I was um, praying this morning. And um, the Lord really gave me a few names that I would like to pray for in terms of protection, in terms of victory. Last time when I spoke about the blood of Jesus, I mentioned a healing process in that sense. And uh, I really felt in my spirit this morning as, I, as I'm speaking, I can hear that. I really felt in my spirit this morning to, to pray uh, for someone. Don't know if she's here this morning. Um, I hope she is. If she's not. Chanel, if you're here, please, I would like you to put your camera on. I would like to pray for you. The Lord has really placed something in my heart to, to pray for you. I'm not sure if you're here this morning. I haven't checked. But if you're here, I would like to pray for you. If you're not here, then I will move on to, 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 to the next person. I really sense this morning the presence of the Lord now. And I really want to begin to pray for different one. So, Father, I just want to thank you this morning. And Lord, as I continue to share your word, Father, speak your word into my mouth as I begin to prophesy, Father, on the different people that you have placed in my heart this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to pray for 
specific people this morning. The youth, I want to pray for those between the age of 13 and 18. So if you're here, I just would like you to uh, put your camera on or parents, if you can put your camera on so I can see all the youth between the age, specifically between the age of 13 and 18 this morning. The Lord gave me a word as we're into the presence of the worship, uh, specifically for, for this young one. I saw the parents here really with a, with a bar, with a bar and striking the bar into a specific target. And what I sense the Lord is telling me to tell, to tell you is to really to begin to pray and really to speak the target that God want us to, to the, 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 the where he want us to target our children this morning. Those years, that, that bracket year between the age of 13 and 18, God wants to do a very specific work in this season. So if you have your children here around, please put your camera on so I can see with them and I can begin to pray. And I also want your parents to begin to lay your hands on your children, on your youth. Specifically, I'm looking at the age of 13 to 18 years old. So if we can do that, that'd be great. I really sense the spirit of the Lord is speaking this morning. There's a specific thing that God wants to do with our children, but especially that generation of 13 to 18 so if you're here please put your camera on i want to begin to pray for for your children and i want to release the prophetic word this morning my apologies for changing but this is what the holy spirit is guiding me to do so i've got to be um obedient father in the name of jesus lord as i lay this as i pray this father i commit them into your hand each word of them into your hand, Father. Lord, as I saw you, Lord, with a specific target, Father, I saw you striking those children and put them in different position. I commit each word of them into your hand. Father, that you would cause our youth this morning, Father, to begin to rise up in the name of Jesus. I pray and I pray for the blood of Jesus to cover them this morning. Lord, I ask you today, Father, to have your hand upon them. Lord, wherever you place them in different spheres of uh, areas, the different spheres of importance, Father. Lord, that you would cause them up to begin to speak your word. As you gave the word to Samuel, Father, Lord begins to put the word into their mouth so they begin to speak. Lord, I see different ones here to be involved in the entertainment business. I see different ones here to be involved in the area of politics, in the area of education, in the area, Father, of science, Father. And Lord, I commit them into your hand. Lord, as parents, I pray in the name of Jesus that you begin to reveal to us the word that you are speaking to our youth one, specifically our target of 13 to 18. Lord, I see that within the next two years, within the next two to three years, we are going to see tremendous transformation in our youth. We are going to see the word of God in them. They will know the word of God as Daniel knew the word of God as a young, as Samuel knew the word of God as a young one, as Joseph knew the word of God as a young father, that you will raise a new generation of Daniels, that you will raise a new generation of Joseph, that you will raise a new generation of Samuel. Father, I thank you so much in the name of Jesus for the young ones, your plan and the purpose. And Lord, I ask you to continue to cover them with your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. As I continue to pray, I also want to pray specifically um, for those who are looking for work, a specific work. The Lord this morning has spoken to me about it. 
And he said to me to pray for those who are specifically looking for work. So if it is you, I want you just to raise your hand. Don't necessarily need to uh, have your camera on for this time, but I want you to raise your hand and agree with me as I pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for those who are seeking a job opportunity today. Lord, I bring them before you. Lord, I know your plan and your purpose that you have for them. And I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you will begin to open a great door, Lord. Begin to open a great door, Lord. Like that within the next few weeks, month, a couple of months, they will see that great door be opened so they can continue to glorify your name in the name of Jesus. I thank you for those one, Father, and particularly declare today, Father, Lord, your victory upon them as they seek as they pray, Father, that you will release your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want us to continue to pray as well. There's someone here, and I really sense in my spirit to say that you're about to make a very important decision in relation to the direction of your life. Whether it is a location that you're looking or whether it is something, there's a very important decision. And you have been praying for months. I would say you have been praying actually for about a couple of years now. Two years, the Lord said, you have been praying for two years. The Lord told me to tell you that it is about to, uh, it's, yeah, it is to tell me, hear my voice. Hear my voice. For I have heard you. I have heard you. And I am about to fulfill your prayer. I am about to fulfill your prayer, so you shall glorify me and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. I wanted to tell you, two years is a specific person that you've been praying this prayer for two years now. And you haven't heard anything from the Lord. You haven't heard anything at all. The Lord tell me to tell you that he's heard you. He's heard you. And today he's showing you what he's going to do. He's going to open a great door for you so you will continue to glorify him i want to pray for another person that the lord has placed on my heart um you are struggling spiritually with your walk with the lord you don't have to to raise your hand or show who you are that's fine you are struggling with your walk with the lord the lord want to he just want to breathe strength new strength into you i know who you are and i'm going to pray for you father in the name of jesus I pray for this particular person. Lord, this person has been going on and off and strolling in and out and coming in and out of your will. But Lord, I commit this person into your hand this morning. I commit your precious blood into this person this morning. And Lord, I pray today. Lord, as she commit and rededicate her life to you. Lord, that you will breathe a new lease of life upon this person. Lord, that she will become another person, Father. Your spirit will increase in her. Lord, you will begin to show this person things that she doesn't know yet. And Lord, I pray for a divine visitation. Divine visitation in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Amen. The final word that the Lord has given me this morning uh, is for those who want the Lord to visit them. It's very, very specific. For those who want the Lord to visit them. The Lord wants to visit you. 
but you have to want him to visit you. And I am talking a visitation of the Lord. For those who want the Lord to visit them, I want to pray this prayer and release that into you as well. If it is you, like I say, you can have your camera on or not. Your camera on is up to you, but raise your hand and agree with me because I see this. What I saw, I'm going to tell you what I saw. I saw the Lord coming and I saw the Lord beginning to visit people during the daytime and also in the evening. And I saw the Lord beginning to speak to those people about particular things affecting their life in the future, but also about the kingdom of God. And I saw the Lord, you know, breathing into them and giving them a new list. I saw the spirit of the Lord falling upon them. And as speaking, I see fire. I see fire upon them, falling upon them. Like in the day of the Pentecost, when the apostles were in the upper room praying, I saw fire from me. But Lord specifically said, it's only for those who seek a visitation from him. So if it is you, if you want a visitation from the Lord, raise your hand. Specifically, I saw names, but I'm not going to mention it again. If it is you, just receive the word as I begin to release it. I saw fire. I saw fire burning. I saw fire. I saw the gift of the spirit. I saw all the gift of the spirit. Oh, I see. Father, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I raise my hand. As I stand here for those that are raising their hand and those that are standing here. Father, we want a visitation of you, Father. We want you to come, Lord. We want you to come and visit us, Father. In a secret place, wherever you want us to visit. Father, come and visit us. Come and visit us, Father. Lord, we implore you. We are actually crying out for your visitation. We're crying out for an increase of your spirit. We're crying out for you, an increase of your anointing. We're crying out for an increase of your revelation we're crying out of an increase of the move of your spirit upon us lord i thank you as i stand with those are standing with me father we thank you father for your divine visitation father as you come here father as you come and visit us let our spirit be completely renewed let a complete transformation father of us so we can follow in your step and advance your kingdom in the name of jesus amen amen Amen. Father, we just want to thank you this morning. We want to thank you, Father, for the opportunity this morning for you to speak your word in our lives. We thank you for our youth one, for our young ones, for our young ones, for those that you have placed ahead to advance your kingdom in the next generation, in the next season. I thank you for those who have called upon you, Lord, in relation to a divine visitation of your word, Father, of your ways. I thank you for those who are seeking jobs and opportunities, Father, this morning, for a great door open for them. I thank you for those who are here standing and are just come into the knowledge of who you are. Those who are just giving their life to you, Lord. I pray that you will increase them, Lord, in the knowledge of who you are that your love will increase in them, that their love for you will increase in you, Father, and that you begin to reveal to them your plan, your purpose in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, everyone. I'm going to hand it over to you, Lynette. Ah, the Lord. I'm